verse 32. There's a phrase here that got my attention this week, and this is the difference maker for victorious Christian living. This is a difference maker for fruitful Christian living. This is a difference maker for a vital a Christian who is uh, living the abundant life and the Christian who is not living the abundant life. <clears throat> this is the difference maker for the Christian who gets victory over alcohol, pornography, bitterness, anger, envy, greed, and the Christian who does not get victory over that. This is the difference maker. It's real simple. It's real simple. That's the good news. Understanding it is real simple. So I want you to look at verse 32. Verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, here it is, because they continue with me. Because they continue with me. Ladies and gentlemen, right there is the distinguishing factor in those who make a difference for the cause of Christ and those who don't. Those who, hey, listen, listen. Uh, this is significant because... Uh, <clears throat> Somebody might say, well, yeah, but they just experienced all these miracles. That's why they've continued with him. Well, let me remind you, there was a story in Luke 17 about 10 lepers who were healed. How many returned to give God glory? Y'all know it? Only one. Only one. Just because somebody experienced a miracle, just because God did something for you in the past, doesn't mean you're still following the Lord, nor does it mean somebody else is going to continue following the Lord. Just because God did something wonderful, just because God kind of like, you know, saved their soul, opened their eyes to the truth, made them aware that they were lost, and that Jesus Christ was the means of salvation, and that salvation was a free gift paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when they received that, they experienced a new birth. They became a child of God, born in the family of God. They, they got a father who's never going to forsake him. They got a savior who's always going to be with them. And yet that wonderful miracle, that great miracle, many people don't continue with him. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, As you have received him, so walk with him. That is God's plan for every single one of us is to continue with him. Continue with him. Now I realize in America a lot of people call themselves Christians. They have watered down the definition, ladies and gentlemen. In Acts chapter 11 is the first time we read the word Christian. It's the first time I read it. And the Bible says about these Christians, these people who were in Antioch, this church that had been established in Antioch, it said they were disciples. That was the term that was used. And it says they were first called Christians at Antioch. Hey, I, I think I have this turned on now. Oh, you know why they were called Christians? Because even though Jesus uh, had, been, had died, buried, and resurrected, and ascended on high, and testified that I will come again, here's why they were called Christians. Because they continued with him. They continued with him. And by the way, people get to know you by the people you hang around. People get to know you by the people you walk with. And these people were, it was obvious to everybody around. And by the way, it was their enemies that called them Christians. It was, a, it was the antagonistic people that called them Christians. It was their adversaries that called them Christians. It wasn't their friends. But that's all right. That's a good term. We embrace it today. But the question now, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Are we Christians if we're not continuing with them? I'm not asking you if you're, if you're saved or not, because salvation is a matter of a moment. Hello. It's a matter of a moment. That's what the Word of God teaches. 
It's a matter of a moment. What do you mean it's a matter of a moment? The moment you receive Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior, from the heart you believed on Him, and with the mouth you confessed Him, He took you in. The moment you took Him in, He took you in. And though you felt like you reached out and gripped Him with your hand of faith, friend, I'm here to tell you, when you did that, He reached out and gripped you as well. And the reality is this, you and I are weak and fallible and finite, and often we let go whether we want to admit it or not. But aren't you glad we got a God in heaven who doesn't let go? we got a Savior who holds on. He keeps us. He's the keeper of our souls. So, as I look at these group of, this, this group of people here, the Bible says, they continued with, Jesus testifies of them, they continued with me. Now, I want to talk about this for just a moment. What does it mean to continue with him? That word continue means abide. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Hello? Now, listen, listen, I realize you can walk together with somebody you don't like, but it's not going to last long. And obviously, if you're doing it, you're only doing it because you have to. I'm talking about a willful desire to hang out with somebody. Walking together with somebody. You must have things you agree upon. And so how can two walk together except they be agreed? Jesus said, this crowd has continued with me. What does that mean? That means they agreed with him. That's important. But wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you know you're really continuing with him? I believe we could say this. If I can't hear him, I am probably not near him. Y'all got that? And so we have this beautiful, it's in there. You got it. I need it. There it is. Can I hold it? Can I touch it? Can I we have this beautiful book called the Bible, the Word of God, inspired, preserved, every single word by God for you and I. How do I hear from God today? Do I wait for an audible voice? Oh, no, I got it right here, right here. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. And if I can't hear him, I must not be near him. Talk to me. You know, you're here today, you are under the, the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. we got the Bible open, we're reading it. But you know, on Monday you can take time to read it. Tuesday you can take time to read it. Wednesday, and I hope you do it every day, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. Your spiritual life is sustained by two things. Two things, hear me out. Your prayer life and your, your Bible life. That's why the Bible says this. That's why the Bible says to meditate on these things day and night. What do you mean? I can listen to God all day long if I have some scripture memorized. Hello? But if you can't hear him, you're not near him. And so I believe these people, it's obvious as they continued with him three days, three days, they agreed with him and they could hear him. But something else was involved there. I've learned this. If you can't talk to somebody, you may not be near that somebody. Unless you're a child in trouble, you've got to be put in a room. I, parents don't want to hear it from you right now. But I'm, I'm here to tell you this. If, if you can't talk to them... 
then you're not. We're in a cell phone day and age. We can talk to people on the other side of the earth, and it brings a closeness to us. We, we got the FaceTime. Thank God for that, for grandparents who have grandbabies a long ways away. That's a blessing to be able to look, do the FaceTime thing and, and see them. That's nice. Makes them feel near, but they're still not near. But I'm telling you, in this day and age, in this day and age, long before the cell phone, computer age, in this day and age, if you couldn't talk to somebody, then you weren't near that somebody. Uh, they were close enough to talk to Jesus just as he was close enough to talk to them. You hearing me? And how do we talk to Jesus? We pray. We pray. And by the way, you don't have, just have to pray. You can praise. That's a good thing. The word prayer means ask. God wants us to ask, but he also wants us to praise. You say, well, I don't have anything to pray about. Well, that's strange, but uh, here's a reality. You always have something to praise about. Oh, David was a praiser. By the way, he was called a man after God's own heart. Coincidence? I think not. He was a praiser. And you and I ought to be close enough. Listen, if we're not talking to God, can you honestly say you're near him? Hello. If you're not listening to God, can you honestly say you're near him? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. And if you don't agree with God, oh, mercy, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And then there's another crowd. There's another crowd that might say and have said, because I've been around this long enough, yeah, I walk with God. Yeah, sure do, man. I, no, I don't go to church on Sunday, but I can have church out in the backyard there and smoke my cigarette and all this stuff, and that's fine. And, okay, so that's their, their, their idea there. And, and then I might inquire, well, why don't you go to church? Well, you know, a bunch of hypocrites down there, and I just say this, there's a bunch of hypocrites at Walmart. doesn't keep you from Walmart either, does it? No, it doesn't. I like, I like what old Ziegler said. He said, man, if you're letting a hypocrite stand between you and God, who's closer to God? Talk to me, class. Who's closer to God? That's right. But here's a fellow that says, you know, I just, they didn't treat me right down there. There's a fellow down there I don't like. Oh, so you got bitterness in your heart. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, usually they got that and they're not going to talk about it, not going to confess it, but that's fine. I would say this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. I'm talking fast. God, I've got a lot to say. We'll get done early. We'll beat people to the restaurants. That'll be nice. Get there before the Pentecostals. All right, so listen. <clears throat> First John, <laughs> First John, First John chapter 1, verse 6 says this. If we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. God's saying, yeah, there's some folks that think they're walking with God and they're not. What is this to walk in darkness? And what's that I mean? Well, I'll be real simple. I'll let the Bible interpret itself. If you went over to 1 John chapter 2, because that was out of 1 John chapter 1, the Bible says if a man hates his brother, he walks in darkness. Hello, class. Yeah, because that's not Christianity. I mean, if the Lord Jesus Christ, who took upon him our shame and our consequence on the cross, could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he could dispense that kind of love to those kind of people, I'm here to tell you, those of us who are his followers are called to do the same thing. You say, you don't understand. I didn't understand that either. I don't understand why he forgave me. I'm glad he did. Now listen, I know, I know there are situations that you and I can't forgive in, our, in and of ourselves, but we can forgive through the mercy and grace of Christ that we've received. Y'all will hear me. All we got to do is look back and realize that if I was the only one on this earth that, he'd, would, that he had to die for, he would have died for me. He had to pay the full price and he would have had to die the same way. 
He didn't go through that just because there were some great, wretched sinners. If that was the case, we'd all be in that category anyways. Hello? He had to die the same way for every sinner. His blood had to be shed for all of us. That's the introduction. I believe there's a whole lot of people that are missing out on God's best because they did not continue with him. I believe there's a whole lot of people that could have, could have, and should have saw people get saved and family members get close and revival come and, and souls stirred and, I mean, uh, make an eternal impact while they're here and be able to cross over to the next world, leaving a faith behind them that still speaks like Abel, he being dead, yet speaketh. I believe there's a whole lot of people that could have, should have had that kind of testimony, but they didn't continue with him. Now, I want us to notice something. Look at verse 32 again. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me. I want to use the word favored. Favored. Now, I know what the word compassion means, but I'm going to obliterate. I mean alliterate. <clears throat> if somebody has compassion, that's a, that's a sign of favor too or mercy. People want to help. These people got the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ because they continued with him. That's important for you to understand. Uh, three days. As far as we know, they hadn't ate. Or they were living on the supplies they brought. One thing is for certain, for certain, the Lord Jesus Christ knew about their needs. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But they stayed with him. I wonder if there were others who left. I wonder if there were others who said, this isn't convenient. This isn't working with my schedule. I have other things to do that are priority over this. I have business and even, don't misunderstand me, don't misunderstand me. I have business and family, don't misunderstand me. I ask you this. Can you help your family know Jesus by leaving Jesus? Yes or no? Let's, let's do a hand raise. <laughs> Absolutely, you cannot. You cannot. How can I help them know Jesus if I abandon Jesus? What does my family need more than anything else? Do they need more money? Do they need my, a house? Do they need car? Do they need food? And sure, they may, may need all of that stuff. I'm not knocking that. But listen, when it comes to facing eternity, when all is said and done, there's only one thing they need, and they'll know it, and that's Jesus. And that's Jesus. And oh, I'm not going to help them know Jesus if I abandon Jesus. Oh, they continued with him even though it may not have been popular. They continued with Jesus even though it may have been difficult terrain they walked across. They continued with Jesus even though they were going through some hunger pangs. They continued with Jesus even though it was not convenient. They continued with Jesus even though maybe some people whined and maybe that some people walked away. They continued with Jesus. They continued with Jesus. Oh, I remember what the Lord Jesus said about the disciples in John chapter 6, verse 67. See, verse 66 says, and after the that many turned away 
from the Lord. And then verse 67, the Lord Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, Will ye also go away? I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, when it's difficult, will you go away? When it's not convenient, will you go away? When it's uncomfortable, when it's not popular, when it's, oh, when it's against the law. Talk to me, class. Will you go away? When it's against the law to be a witness for Christ, when it's against the law for you to read your Bible, when it's against the law for you to pray in public, when it's against the law for you to share your faith, when it's against the law, will you continue with him? Oh, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about making an impact. I'm talking about having a testimony that thrives and is alive and really touches people. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being able to run through the finish line looking for Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. By the way, he is the finish line. They were favored because they continued with him. You know, uh, I remember this distinctly. You know, uh, uh, I am uh, going for a run. I went for about a seven-mile run. This is about five, six years ago. I was trying to run and prepare for a marathon, and I don't recommend it. So. <laughs> I was out for a run. I, we live over off Elm Swamp Road, and a fairway golf course is near us, and there's a dirt road. The Wilhoits live down the road. The Cunninghams live down that dirt road. And I would a lot of times run down that dirt road because I like to run in private. <clears throat> I'd run down that dirt road. And there's these two labs, the Wilhoyts owned, and a brown and a black. I almost, Brother Aaron, I almost give you a picture. I got a picture of them on my cell phone. I almost said, there they are, you know, that, but then you'd have forgot about the sermon. You'd be staring at the dogs. And so, anyways, uh, I'm taking off for this run, and as soon as I get by their house, they get up from their loafing, because dogs loaf, you know. They get up from their loafing, and they figure they're going to go for a run, too. And so they follow me along, and I go down <coughs> the dirt road to uh, uh, the first dirt road that turns left toward 47. I, I take that, and they follow me all the way there, and I turn back, and they follow me all the way back. And then I, uh, then I go uh, out toward Elizaville Road, and they follow me out to Elizaville Road. And then I come back down that dirt road, and I'm going back to my house, just trying to put about seven, eight miles on. And uh, listen, I couldn't do that now, I guarantee you. But anyways, uh, I, and these dogs are with me the whole time. They're with me the whole time. And so <clears throat> I find, and, and every now and then they'd see a mud puddle and slap up a little water there. And I thought about doing the same, to be quite honest with you. <clears throat> and, but they, they'd catch up to me and I finally I got back to my house those dogs followed me all the way back to my house and it was a warm day I mean I felt like it's like 80 degrees outside and their tongues are just a hanging dang, dangling down their face you know how a dog's <laughs> I mean it was just it, it, their tongue was as long as their paws it was just it was all the way out there they're trying to get air that's how they ventilate you know with their tongue and so <clears throat> the poor creatures they followed and I couldn't help it I couldn't help it I thought, the poor little guys, I got to get them something to eat. I went inside, and I, first of all, I got them a big bowl of water. And we got this, my wife's not in here, so I can tell. So we go to Kroger's, and we buy this sliced meat, this forest, black forest ham. Anybody ever buy that lunch meat there, slice that stuff up? We like that black forest ham, okay? And so we had a big old package of that. I thought, 
Me and them dogs are going to have food together. I ripped, a, I ripped off a hunk of that. Listen, man, I grew up with all boys. We just eat what we can stick in our mouth. So I, I, I tore that off, and I grabbed me a hunk of uh, four, black forest salmon, and I took the rest outside. Here you go, fellas. Boy, they were happy campers. They inhaled that. They found favor because they were following me. They got my attention. They stayed with me. They stayed with me. And these, these people, these people, I mean, when it was difficult, they stayed faithful. Hey, listen, listen. Abraham, you're going to have a child. You've got to trust me, says God. Okay, Lord, I believe. One year, two year, three year. Hey, Abraham, you're going to have a child, but you've got to trust me. Four year, five year, six year. Hey, Abraham. I mean it. You're going to have a child. Seven year, eight year. Abraham even loses faith a little bit, but he gets back on board. Nine year, ten year. Abraham, you're going to have a child. Oh, 19, 20 years, 21 years. Lord, you've been promising. Oh, Abraham, you're going to have a child, and I'm telling you, the seed from that child, you're going to have descendants that that number like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. Oh, you just got to believe me. Continue with me, Abraham. Continue with me. Year 25. Oh, Abe's 100 years old, and Sarah's 75. She's with child. She can, he continued, they, they continued with him. Hey, Job, oh, Job, who'd have thought? You've been serving God, you've been faithful, and look what happens to you, Job. He lets the devil get loose on you, Job. You lose all your property, you lose all your wealth, and then you lose your family, Job. And then you've got to deal with these health issues that every day you feel the pain from your body, these boils. Job! Job, you might as well curse God and die. All I know my Redeemer liveth, says Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, says Job. What was Job doing, ladies and gentlemen? He said, I'm going to continue with him. I'm going to continue with him. I'm going to continue with him. Hey, Joseph, you had this, you dreamer, Joseph. Boy, you had some big aspirations, Joseph. Oh, Joseph, you're going to, you're going to be a great man someday, Joseph. No, Joseph didn't know the path God was taking him on. God didn't fill him in on the details. He just took him to the end result. He didn't know that his brothers were going to betray him. And actually, some of them tried to kill him. He didn't know he was, going to, he was going to become a slave. And then he didn't know he was going to get slandered for rape and then put in jail. He didn't know that. That wasn't in the cards. Oh, no. Joseph, all this is against you, Joseph. You ought to just bail out. It doesn't seem God's with you. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. What's that mean? That means Joseph continued with him when it wasn't easy. Joseph continued with him when it was hard and people were hard. Joseph continued with him. And you know what? You want to get God's attention. You want to get God's attention. You want to get God's favor. You stay faithful when it's difficult. You read your Bible when it's difficult. 
You go to prayer when your heart is heavy. You give him praise when you can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, yeah, you believe when you can't feel him. Listen, you continue with him. If you want to see God, if you want to get God's attention, you stay faithful when it's most difficult. They got the favor of Jesus Christ. He had compassion on them. Oh, wait a minute. We got a few more minutes. See, anybody can do follow the Lord when it's easy, when it's convenient. Anybody can, anybody can come to church when it's convenient. And anybody can just, well, you know, it's popular. Okay, but we're not talking about that. No, we're not. The three Hebrews, you're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. But they continued with him. Daniel, they made a law that said you can't pray. But he continued with him. What happened? Verse 32 again. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. I could read the rest. Let's look down at verse 35 and 6. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and broke them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all what? They did all. They were fed. They were fed. Now, first of all, I want you to know that God is aware of your physical needs. I said, God is aware of your physical needs. God is mindful of your human appetites. God is mind. By the way, He created you, created you, so He's mindful of those. He's mindful of your emotional needs. He cares about those. He wants to meet those needs. He is able to meet those needs. He uses His people often to help meet the needs of other of His people. He does. That's we see that in the text. If we were to go through every verse, uh, yes, God is not just mindful, but he's concerned about your physical needs. He knows it's difficult to stay in church when, you're, when you've been up all night. Now, some of you were all up all night watching TV, eating donuts and pizza. That's your fault, friend. But he knows our weaknesses. He knows how frail we are. And he meets our needs. He wants to meet our needs. Now, this is important because what we find here is because they continued with him, they, had, they found compassion from him, and they were fed by him. There was no doubt that he did the feeding. They had something to eat. He provided what they needed physically. But I would say on an even higher level, ladies and gentlemen, he provided what their spirit needed. He provided what their inner man needed. And you and I could face a whole lot of the problems of this world if we'd get our spirit nourished, if we'd get our inner man strengthened through his word and through his truth, through the bread of life called the Bible. He'll feed you. He'll feed you. Now hold the coffee here. Does that mean I'll never go hungry? Does that mean I'll never get thirsty? Does that mean I won't go through times where I feel like, oh, I'm, feel, I'm running on low? Does that mean that I won't go through that? Not at all. These people were hungry. We go back to the children of Israel as they're going through the wilderness. Oftentimes, we find them getting hungry and getting thirsty, but they never died of hunger, and they never died of thirst, and they always got to see the great hand of God 
feed them in a miraculous way, in a wonderful way, in a distinguishable way. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, God will always take care of you. And I shared this Wednesday night. I'll share it again. David said, uh, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God will provide for you. He will provide for you. They were fed. They were fed. They found favor and they were fed. I would say that they ended up getting a, something better than Gray's Cafeteria. It was better than the MCL. It's certainly better than Cracker Barrel. I mean, when Jesus broke bread, there was plenty to eat. Next, verse 37. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Pause. They were filled. They were satisfied. They were content. Not just physically, but spiritually. I, I'm just here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, most of our prayer requests involve our physical needs. That's not wrong. But if our primary prayer request is our physical need, we might be a little out of balance. Now, it's not wrong. God wants us to pray about everything. I mean, pray. thank God we can pray about our ailments. Amen? And God can heal us of our physical ailments. Amen? But what about, what about, what about God? I need, I need spiritual strength. I need wisdom. I need to know your will. I need to know your plan. I need that strength from the Holy Spirit. To do your will. I can't do it in my strength. I needed to do something in my spirit. Our infirmities are often sustained by, by our spirit. A healthy spirit. They did all eat and were filled. And were filled. The most satisfied Christians often. The most content Christians often. Are those who continue with him. Even when it's difficult. Even when they get a little hungry, even when they get a little thirsty, they continue with him. Even when they see others bailing out, others leaving, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. In spite of the miracles they've received in the past, oh, they start bailing out and they see friends forsake them. And, oh, but they continue with them and they continue with him. And oh, uh, they just keep on doing that because, you, listen, you can't help but to have the right attitude when you're hanging around the right person. And they continue with him. What they end up discovering is he always feeds us. And he fills us. And there's nothing in this world that contents us like the right walk with Jesus Christ. Nothing. You could have all the money in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, it's all going to burn up. Poof. You don't take a dime with you. Old Lazarus living outside the gate of the rich man, begging for crumbs, is living in glory, well-fed. And the rich man who is without Christ is in hell today, in torment. Friend, I'm tell telling you, there's something about this idea of staying faithful. Most men proclaim their own goodness, but a faithful man who can find said the wise man. I close with a Bible illustration. You may be familiar with it. 
Moses is on the backside of the desert. He's taking care of his father's sheep, his father-in-law's sheep. Y'all with me? You know this story? Well, I'm going to tell it anyways. As he's out there on one arid, arid afternoon, he takes a look up on the hillside and he sees a bush on fire. Well, he's taking care of the sheep and he looks back up and that bush is still on fire. Now, he's seen a bush on fire before. It's an arid land. Sometimes a, 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 a spark, the heat, might light them up, but they'd burn right up, these bushes. They, this tumbleweed would just burn right up. Like that Christmas tissue paper that I like to put in the burning barrel. Whoosh! It burns right up. But something happened on this particular afternoon that was unlike any other afternoon and unlike any other burning bush. Something happened. You see, he looked up again, and the bush was still burning, when in his mind he knew the bush should have been burned out. And I don't know how long it took him. I don't know if it took him an hour, two hours, three hours. But he finally decided, I must see why the bush that burns has not burned out. And he gets close to that burning bush. And as he gets close to that bush that continues to burn, the voice of God speaks to him. Take off your feet. This is your feet. Take off your shoes. What are you, Mr. Potato Head? Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Moses is confronted by God. What got his attention? A bush that continued to burn. God used a bush. Just an ordinary bush. Just an ordinary bush that just continued to burn. And you and I, we're nothing big, but oh, we serve a big Savior. Our God is a consuming fire. And even when it's not easy, oh, continue with him. Not just for your sake, but for the sake of the one you love most that's away from the Lord. Continue for their sake. But not just for their sake. Hear me out. What's our greatest mission? Glorify God. Continue with him that you might finish your course and glorify God. Father, may you bless the message. Thank you for your word. May your Holy Spirit help us. Help us to dig our heels in when we feel like being pushed off course. Help us with our own desire to stay faithful. To stay faithful to the things that are, we know are true and we know are right to stay faithful in our walk with you, to stay humble in your presence. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe there's somebody in the room this morning who'd say, Preacher, I don't know that I'll go to heaven when I die. I don't want to die and go to hell, but I am not sure that I'll go to heaven. If that's you, I'd like to pray for you. If you lift your hand so I can see it, I'll pray for you. Anybody like that, say, preacher, that's me. I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. Pray for me. Lift your hand so I can see it. Are there any here like that? Say, pray for me. Pray for me. So look around. Okay. 
We're going to have a song of invitation. You do as the Lord leads you. We have, have an altar response, an a, a invitation, and you're more than welcome to come forward and pray if you'd like. If you'd like someone to pray with you, we could have someone pray with you. We won't interrupt you, though. You do as the Lord leads. Continue with him. Brother Brian, come on up.